Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Danny Smith. Today, we want to spend just a little time talking about the importance of having a team of folks helping to make your Safe Start implementation successful. You, meaning you alone, cannot make a process like Safe Start successful. You're you're going to need some help. And today, let's talk about identifying and nurturing Safe Start champions. So let's start at the beginning. And that means giving some thoughtful consideration to who you'll be selecting as your trainers. You'll want to select folks who are well-respected among their peers, to say the very least. Next in the selection criteria, are they well-spoken? Are they comfortable just speaking in front of small groups, say 25 folks or less? And keep in mind, you don't have to have everyone who is a PowerPoint guru with this, although having one or two folks in your trainer group who is good with PowerPoint who can help others is certainly helpful. These are the folks that you're entrusting with a substantial investment in your Safe Start implementation. Now, during the course of the trainer certification process, our consulting team can coach up your trainers and give them insights into Safe Start due to their vast experience. But always remember, if you select an introvert, I mean, we're not going to be able to send you back an extrovert overnight. Uh, the success of your implementation is largely in this group's hands. That really can't be overstated enough. So that's why I'd suggest the first place you want to look for Safe Start champions is among the group that you're selecting for your trainers. You're also going to want to inform your leadership as well of what's going on with Safe Start. Now, note there I said inform them. Not necessarily that you're going to have every every one of them become a Safe Start champion overnight. Uh, we'll talk about how to develop that group a bit later. You'll find that this group includes senior management and also department heads, but it also includes supervisors and key influencers. Now, keep in mind, a leader doesn't necessarily have supervisor or manager in their title or on their business card or part of their job description. Think about the folks who people typically look to for, well, either the thumbs up or thumbs down on particular issues. Those are some of the informal leaders in your organization. And those informal leaders are just as important to talk to about the Safe Start initiative as are the official leaders. Again, the idea here is to inform the leadership group so that it doesn't blindside them upside the head like an NFL linebacker on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, or Monday, or Thursday, the occasion. Anyway, I, I digress. Uh, remember when you had to wait a whole week to watch football? Anyway, that's another point. Let me get back on track here. Uh, back to informing the leadership group. We're not looking to have them fully trained up front with the process. What's important for now is to try to minimize the naysayers uh, and just get them informed. Let them know what's going on. Particularly, we don't want anybody being a naysayer just because they don't know what's going on. You know, the fear of the unknown is, is very powerful. So getting everybody to understand what's going to be happening during the Safe Start implementation is really key. In other words, if left unattended, the leadership group can turn on you and it can, well, turn on Safe Start in a heartbeat as well. Among your frontline workers, I'd encourage you to seek out some of the primary influencers there with, well, both good and bad reputations. You want to really just solicit their, their support. Before you balk at the idea of talking to, uh, well, I like to call him Grumpy Gus, uh, and you probably all know exactly who I'm talking about. You probably thought about who Grumpy Gus is in your, in your organization. Um, you got to remember those. 
Grumpy Gus is a leader. You know, there are people who follow them. So it's better to get them on your side sooner rather than later, particularly if they might potentially lead to some resistance down the road and influence some other folks to resist the process. And you know, it's just a simple way to do this, too. It's just a matter of having a conversation with folks at times. What if you go up to them and just say, Gus, we'll continue calling him Gus, I guess. Gus, we're in the process of launching something new, and I'd really like your eyes on it. I'd really like to just get you to, to think about this and see if you can, well, see if you can give me some feedback on how we can help people maybe not as experienced as yourself. Maybe you show him a safe start card then and say something simply like, you know, we want folks to learn how to avoid injuries by not learning the hard way. Like, well, like you and I did, you know, thinking about getting rushed or frustrated or fatigued, or maybe going on autopilot we call it complacency there. Um, how it leads to us not looking or thinking about what we're doing, just taking our mind off the ball for a moment there. And it can cause problems for you. And that's exactly when something happens. Uh, you'll probably hear something back from Gus saying, well, not exactly how I'd have said it, but yeah, you got the gist of it. And maybe at that point, uh, you know, just one of those little light bulbs goes off and maybe he's not a full-fledged supporter at that point, but certainly he may not be as apt to resist. I believe one of the worst things you can do is just hope that the Gus's in your world can, well, discover the value during training along with everybody else. Try to get some of those folks on your side and getting the Gus's of your world on your side is no small thing at all. Sometimes they key on some of the smallest of things. Sometimes it's just a negative perception of something that can have a huge impact on them. Let me give you an example. Uh, a few years back, one of our consultants was working on site with a client, and uh, they were walking through the turnstile in the morning to just enter the plant for the first day, and they noticed there was a TV monitor uh, that had kind of the scrolling safety messages of the day and announcements of the day, and a part of the safety message of the day was the injury of the day, and on it, it had a picture of an injured hand. And the consultant looked up at the safety manager and says, you know, well, what's up with the picture of the injured hand? And the safety manager almost proudly turned around and said, one word answer, awareness. Now, the consultant, maybe without thinking about what he was saying, responded, so what do the villagers think of the public floggings? Well, he probably could have said that a little more diplomatically, as you can imagine, but needless to say, his point was made. Now, the safety manager responded, well, no one complains, but why should they? We don't use their names. Now, as I reflect on this story, as it was told to me, all I can think of is, well, I guess you could just go around and look for the person with the bandaged hand, but uh, I digress a bit, right? So what's my point? Well, we've all heard the old saying, perception is reality. You don't want to send the wrong message by even having the slightest appearance of negativity regarding incidents. In this case, the safety manager had never stopped to think about what message he was sending. In his effort to boost awareness, I mean, it easily could have been perceived as negative or at a minimum as that proverbial, well, insult to injury. And by the way, the injury of the day disappeared from the TV monitors later in the week. Probably a good thing, I guess. So I suppose what I'm saying is this. Uh, you want to think about how you're going to roll things out with Safe Start, and you want to make sure you don't have negative things there. Sure, you want to use, you know, 
posters, banners, signage, and things like that. But you want to do things that are going to be in a positive manner so you can foster those Safe Start champions and, and really nurture those Safe Start champions. And it really begins very early in this process. Now, let's fast forward a bit. Once you get to the actual unit training itself, then you can really begin to identify some additional champions. This is where you can see the engagement of most employees. And it may be as simple as a head nod. Maybe you hear a great Safe Start story in one of the breakout groups, or perhaps somebody even stays after the session just to discuss a bit. My point is, you need to be on the lookout and have your trainers on the lookout for these telltale signs of potential Safe Start champions. A great way to identify these folks is just walking around the room and listening to the stories and the examples that people are sharing during those breakout times. Uh, once a person really begins to, well, I guess you could say self-select this way, come along beside them and try to gauge their enthusiasm. You can also mentor them as well or move along with your search depending on what you find. By the way, these may be some great folks for future steering committee members, maybe folks who could be potential trainers as some of your other trainers may become busy with other things or perhaps move on into other areas of the organization. As the implementation begins to mature, be sure to revisit the leadership group. Remember, we talked about them a bit earlier. And don't forget, the key influencers here as well. You want to begin to identify potential champions among this group, and you're going to need that in order to make Safe Start successful. Again, just be on the lookout for those potential champions that you can help develop all along the way. The more in the leadership group that you have on board, the more you're going to be able to avoid that dreaded flavor of the month tag. And you want to be able to, to really get people to think about Safe Start in more terms than just safety. Particularly, I think this appeals to the leaders, the operational leaders in particular, uh, you want to be able to, for them to be able to see and understand how the Safe Start concepts addressing some of those human factors uh, can help to improve uh, performance in all sorts of areas like safe, not just safety, but also production and quality performance as well. Uh, production metrics, uh, scrap rates, customer service, you name it. There's so many areas that addressing and getting folks to improve in these areas of human factors can really be beneficial for the organization. And if you find the things that are going to be appealing to the individual leader, that's how you can help to get them on board and help them become a Safe Start champion. One more thing that we'll throw out here, uh, very few people look for Safe Start champions post rollout. And let me explain why I think that's really critical as well. Most organizations a lot of organizations look at Safe Start or any other training process, and then they look at it and they, well, they look at it as a big training initiative, and then they want to just say, okay, well, we put the check mark there. But Safe Start's really much, much more than that. Larry says at the end of one of the units, you know, this is the end of the training, but only the beginning of the learning and skill development. And that's really the case. Uh, it takes time for most of us to recognize the value and make application with all of the concepts that we talk about in Safe Start. And you're just going to have to trust me on that one. I mean, I've, I've been involved with this process for more than 22 years now, and I can tell you, I find new applications for it all the time. Uh, wouldn't say it's a daily basis, but boy, it's a weekly basis for sure. I find something else where I can use the Safe Start process, use these concepts just to continue to improve my safety and my life. And when you think about it, I mean, those four states or four human factors that we talk about in Safe Start, 
they impact us in so, so many areas like we were talking about just a few moments ago, including just things like interpersonal relationships outside of the workplace. So I guess my message is this, after you've completed the initial unit training and all of your employees understand the basic Safe Start concepts, then it's time for them to get to work and to start practicing that. And that's exactly when that, well, proverbial light bulb kind of goes off for so many folks. And by the way, don't get discouraged by the folks that you think you're not reaching. I did a podcast a while back with Paul Thompson from Flint Hill Resources, and he said something I'll never forget. He recalled the Safe Start Family Day, and what surprised Paul the most was the employees who didn't seem to care during the training, their families were surprisingly fluent in the Safe Start concepts. Sometimes they will only champion their families, and that's okay. Actually, it's pretty awesome if you think about it. They valued the training so much that they shared it with those they loved the most. So if you think about that, when does that happen with the last training you offered? Maybe your HASCOM training. Probably didn't hear a lot of reports of folks taking that home, if I had to guess, right? Probably the same with lockout, tagout. Now, if you have identified the passion in folks that it takes to be a Safe Start champion, it's time to really begin nurturing our would-be champions. And I want you to think of that in three specific categories. Uh, some folks may be spokespersons, some may be coaches, and others may just be superstars. So let's begin by talking about the spokesperson. That's exactly what they are. They can very clearly and passionately articulate the Safe Start process and its value, not only to the organization as a whole, but also individually. And those folks are really, really important because they help to really kind of tie everything together uh, for the folks who are a bit skeptical. The second person we mentioned there was the coach, uh, which is the target, by the way, of all supervisors. The coaches really need to know Safe Start well enough to coach it in real time. And that means that the coach, the supervisors in particular, must know Safe Start better than the players, in this case, the employees. So human factors can be a really delicate thing to coach. So uh, they may need some guidance on this as well. And for that, you may want to turn to our safe lead process. I uh, did a podcast with our fellow consultant, Derek Ostrom, back a number of weeks ago on safe lead. Uh, I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes as well. If you haven't uh, heard that, it's one of our most downloaded episodes. Uh, and I think a lot of folks just uh, need some need some help just helping the supervisors uh, to develop more on an individual basis. All right, back to the list here. We talked about the spokesperson. We talked about the coach. Let's close out by talking about the superstar. This is the person that has all of the attributes of a spokesperson and a coach and well a lot more this is the group that will help train new hires help bring contractors up to speed and help with the flex units as well as i mentioned before they may be some of your future steering committee members or even future trainers as well in a few words this is the group you'll be handing safe start off to in preparing this group you want to share what's worked and what hasn't worked. That way they know what to do and what not to do. Uh, and the key here is not reinventing the wheel, but just finding ways to help keep the momentum going. Uh, back a few weeks ago, uh, I think it was actually in November, if I remember correctly, uh, 
my co-host Tim Page Bodorf and I did a podcast together called Protecting the Legacy, the People Development Business. And I invite you to go back and check that one out again, perhaps share that with some other folks as well. Uh, That podcast really has to do with replacing yourself uh, with an ultimate Safe Start champion or two. Uh, I've always heard that one of the greatest ways to get promoted is to train your replacement. So uh, don't be afraid in in doing that, particularly as it relates to Safe Start. Uh, It's not intended to be a one-man show or a one woman show it's intended to have a team approach to this so work at continuing to develop those champions underneath you and get them to take the ball and run with it if you will so that's our time for today thanks for being here with us and feel free to share this episode and remember if you'd like to see us cover a particular subject you can just drop me an email at danny at safestart.com and on behalf of the entire safe talk with safe start team thanks for listening today until next time Stay safe. I'm Danny Smith. Have a great day.